Hi, this is Jennifer Smith, True Love Scam Recovery, and the podcast, Narcissistic Abuse Unwound. I've been having some really great talks with some people today, as usual, about this phenomenon of predator and prey. And one of the things we were actually laughing about, which is always nice when that happens, is how ridiculous these people of this mental condition are that they say things that are so implausible and tell one lie about something and then in front of someone else or to someone else while you might be standing there also listening they'll tell the same story but with different pieces to it they tell a different lie about the same lie they told you (laughs) and other things along those lines I know that All of you have experienced this, every one of us, because they are all alike. They are what they are because of a specific set of brain abnormalities. And there's just no around, no way around them being what they are. They can't be anything else. And that's the end of it. However, it's so difficult to really absorb this or even hear that and accept that it could be possible because it goes so against what normal is and then it's you know a process to assimilate that into our understanding of the world and that's what recovering and restoring your life is all about is assimilating the reality of what these creatures are this reality that is a reality we did not know existed into a new understanding of reality, an expanded understanding of the possibility of human beings. Now, okay, human beings, are they human? Uh, Well, they're inhuman humans, I guess, but they seem to be of our same species. (laughs) Yeah, so what they do with each prey is identical, one prey to the other to the point of even saying the same phrases, making the same promises, accusing us of the same things, all of that. They kind of find an MO, a modus operandi, I think is the words for that initial MO, you know, like in crimes, the modus operandi. So their MO, the way they operate, they find a kind of brand for themselves, a persona, And this is developed early on in their lives, probably through from, you know, middle school to high school and in their early 20s. And then they've got this working structure, this quote, quote, person they present to the world. And then they just continue from there. And some of them find, you know, the vehicle of the love scam. Well, I think I think they all find that. And then as their persona, Some of them might be, you know, a humanitarian and um, an open spiritual, some kind of amazing person is what they present themselves as. And others might be, you know, really religious in some um, organized form of religion, although, of course, they're not. They can't feel anything spiritual, as you might have noticed. That's just not allowable in the brain that they have with these particular brain abnormalities. Some of them present as Mr. Big, successful in business or in something, 
They all want to be successful, even if they're a skateboarder in the subway. But they're ridiculous, bottom line. Ridiculous, simplistic, very limited in their thinking, in their capability, and then horrifically unlimited in what they might do to get whatever it is they want and to keep themselves safe. This is their hugest concern. This is what they're focused on. This is what motivates everything they say and do are these two or this one dual-sided thought in their heads all the time. They're looking, am I safe? How much more can I get until I'm not safe in this setup? And how do I get more? All the time they're looking for this. This is what inspires their promises, their accusations, their hoovering, any stalking that might occur. Their number one concern is their safety. When these scams, which is what they are, wind down, we become a threat to them because if we've seen enough of what they are, and, you know, some of us know actual literal crimes they've committed, law book crimes, the whole thing is a crime. It's fraud. Their life is a crime. But within that, some of them, you know, steal cars, beat people up, rob houses, you know, rape people, including possibly us, whatever it is. <laughs> They're doing it. They're criminals. And we know maybe about a certain crime one of them might have committed. So at the end, for many reasons, <laughs> they are worried that we might blow up their world. So we instantly become a threat. And that's what the hoovering is about. They're coming back to check and see, am I safe or can I get more? And for anyone listening that might not know that term hoovering, that's what it refers to. We have told this person, I don't want to see you anymore, or they've told us, I'm done. And yet they continue to contact us by calls, text messages, fake Facebook messaging, direct messages on any social media, emails. They might have other people come by or try to contact us. Sometimes they call us from and what it what it will show on our phone screen is unknown caller or unknown number or blocked caller. That's them either blocking their phone number by putting star 69 into their keypad before they dial the number or uh, using a different phone other than the number we know them to have to try to reach us. That's hoovering. It's at the end when they're trying to find out, are they safe? Can they get more? And unfortunately, this can be misinterpreted as, you know, he really, he doesn't even want me, but he won't leave me alone. He won't let me go, you know, from a normal point of view, like, you know, why can't he just let me go? They can't let go or, you know, release us from their focus until they're sure that we are not a threat and or there's nothing more they can get. So that's, that's really their true motivation for anything they say or do. It's all about, can I get more? Am I safe? How do I get more? How do I stay safe? They operate from this really primal space, raw primal survival, that is a place that we also have inside our lives as animals, if you will, but we don't have to live there. We don't sit in that. Our daily lives are so much more <laughs> really luxurious 
unprotected than that. I mean, unless you live in direst poverty or a war zone or something, you know, along those lines inside a natural disaster, we don't live day to day just right up against or inside this survival, primal survival place. They do. Their brains are wired in such a way that is so simplistic. Their minds are, their bodies, their emotions that they cannot feel leave them with other very specific set of emotions and concerns that are the antithesis of ours. So regular human beings, normal human beings, we have what's called a limbic brain. And a limbic brain is what every mammal has. Again, a reference to animals. Mammals are bunnies, elephants, dolphins, horses. I just was going to say rabbits, but that's a bunny. <laughs> Cats, dogs, people, giraffes, any animal, including humans, that gives vaginal birth is a mammal. So dolphins and whales are a part of that. And if you notice, the thing that all those groups have in common is that they are groups. They care for their young. They make families. They are instantly bonded at birth and remain connected and protective of their offspring and teach their offspring, nurture their offspring, just as human beings do. You know, we've seen images and videos of elephants doing this. We've seen images and videos of dogs and cats sleeping together, getting along, cuddling up as family pets. That is the limbic brain at its, you know, a full whole limbic brain. We are born bonded, connected, we trust, and we are interdependent and interconnected. These inhuman humans we're talking about, these parasitic predators, this pathology, the way that their brain is structured, has them the antithesis of this. They cannot feel like, they do not feel love, they do not feel connection, they don't bond, they have no positive concern or care for anything outside their own skin so that their focus is very small and narrow and capturing another human being to live from as a respectability facade, as a meal ticket, for money as a doorway into other social groups, access to countries. This is what they're looking for. They literally live off of us, possessing, that's how they feel about it in their mind, enough of us is a requirement for sustaining their life. We are their survival. We, on the other hand, normal limbic-brained humans, put aside the four-legged people or <laughs> four-legged animals right now in the limbic brain category, but human beings, we survive instantly at birth. What's the first thing that's going on? We are bonded. We are connected. We are utterly dependent, interdependent on this dynamic and food from our mother's body. I mean, how much more connection could there be? And we sustain that through our lives. We automatically trust people to a degree that we don't even see because it is so profound. And that's our survival mechanism, is trusting, bonding, caring, connecting, 
creating groups, caring what other people think about us. Yes, we need the validation from others. We do. That is normal. It's We have to know that we are okay together and all of us here are all okay. That is the ideal um, earthly sort of condition for human beings is peace, in fact, we would say, right? Where everyone is free, everyone is equal, everyone is valued. Okay, so you get the idea. That's the normal stuff. And their situation is living as a parasite off of that, a predator. So they find people, they draw them in with this mechanism that's inborn in them, a quality in them that is not a skill, it is not intelligence per se, it is just there. And like our bonding, connecting, trusting other people function that is just there, but we don't really see it because it is so much just there. It's involuntary. They don't really realize why it is, how it is that they are able to capture people. But it is because of this quality I'm talking about that is the ability, or I don't want to call it an ability. It's just a simply there. They're able to stun other people. It's like stunning your prey, hypnotizing, mesmerizing, ensorceling, ensnaring, entrapping, we're, we're under their spell. I use all those different ways to talk about it. And I know that if it's happened to you, you know the feeling I'm talking about. And this is something that is not much talked about. It is very much overlooked, especially in the comments such as, oh my God, why don't you just get over it? Are you kidding me? You're still talking about this guy? And that kind of thinking where, my God, it's just a breakup what's the big deal? He's a loser. Get over him. Oh my gosh, there's so much more going on. We still have them in our bones and we have to extract them out of our very bones. And again, if you've been in it, I know you know what I'm talking about. So gosh, that's just a little bit of some things to think about. And this is all always impromptu for me. I don't have a script. I'm just talking off the cuff. And I hope you've enjoyed this. Well, you know, if we can use the word enjoyment. Yeah. And we will be talking again. Feel free to email me, Jennifer at truelovescam.com or with, you know, anything you'd like to hear about or questions you have so that I can answer them in these messages to you. And that's it for now. Jennifer Smith, True Love Scam Recovery, Narcissistic Abuse, Unwound.